0: from experience, I can say is, you know, as Catholics, we have a plethora of knowledge at our fingertips that we, most of the time we don't tap into. And that's the Catholic church. Um, I think that we're very quick to rush to Google or whatever search engine you use and typing in our questions and finding the secular answers. And that's, you know, that's just how we've unfortunately our brains are kind of wired now to do and and we need to really work hard to turn that turn those tables and, and kind of rewire our brains to say no when i'm faced with something like this a moral dilemma i'm gonna first go to the church
1: welcome to the ron huntley leadership podcast helping leaders be a positive catalyst on the people they support the organizations they serve and the communities they live this podcast will make you think Laugh and grit your teeth with new determination to make your parish or business a place of transformation, passion, and purpose. If you're still breathing, you are Power for Impact. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to the Ron Huntley Leadership Podcast. I'm so excited to have our guest co-authors today who wrote a book called Catholic Leadership for Civil Society. With me today is Christopher Pieta and... Aaron Monin welcome to the show guys
2: thank you
0: Ron. thank you so much
1: I know that this book kind of came out of a movement of leadership like Christopher you've stirred I've got stirred up in you a desire to have an impact in Catholics Catholic lay people in in the civil society tell me a little bit about what brought that about like where did that come from
2: well, it, was, it came as a surprise to me as well, Ron, but um, about six, seven years ago, while I was working for Bishop Olmsted at the Diocese of Phoenix, I was sent to a, a secular civic leadership development program in Phoenix, Arizona. And I became aware of the concept of civic leadership development. It's a very secular concept. The formation of professionals for uh, leadership in civil society, This means board service, Mm -hmm. philanthropy, politics. Um, These programs have been around in the United States at least since the 70s. There's such a thing as the National Association of Leadership Programs. um, And very successfully have catapulted people into key leadership positions in their communities. So going through this understanding, uh, this idea six, seven years ago, uh, we also unfortunately came to the realization that most of these programs are forming leaders with values that are directly opposed to Catholic teaching. Mm-hmm. So we thought, gosh, this is it really was this uh, prompting of the Holy Spirit uh, to to see something that could could be done better. And mm-hmm. I brought this idea to my bishop and he gave me his blessing and we thought, yeah, we can do this better because we can make it Catholic. And that's how we started the first, as far as we know, the only one in the United States with this very specific focus, a civic leadership development program for Catholics, Catholic professionals.
1: Wow, that's cool. You say that's, as far as you know, that's maybe the only one doing that in the U.S. Well, coming from Canada, you might be the only one doing it in North America. Now, it might be happening somewhere else, but but, uh, I'd like to speak on behalf of all Canadians and say. (laughs) 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 Well, that's beautiful. And so out of that, Came this book, and Aaron, you got involved in this book too. Tell me about how you got involved, and and what what, what that journey has been like for you.
0: Yeah, it's been a blessing. So I graduated from our uh, program, Teppeak Leadership Initiative, the one that Christopher just mentioned. Um, a few, gosh, three years ago now, in 2019, and I was so inspired from being part of it, and that I wanted to help in whatever way I could but I initially it was mostly just helping them with their social media and blog which was fine I'm a writer by obviously right. um, but I've been, I've been writing for for many years and and after Tepeac leadership um, you know, I realized like there there's a vast majority of topics that just aren't being talked about. So I was able to help a little bit with that. And then life got very busy very quickly. So I had to step back from that. Um, But, you know, writing is my passion. Christopher knew this, obviously. And he had already started writing the book, actually. Um, He had written the first part of it, but realized in the timeline that you know, Holy Spirit really had put on his heart to get it done, he wasn't going to be able to do that on his own. Obviously, he's the CEO of TLI and and is doing amazing work there, and and his time needs to be spent there. So he invited me onto the project knowing that I was a writer and very passionate about Catholic leadership for civil society. Um, So I said yes and was so blessed to be a part of it. Um, Mm. Sorry, I think my...
1: No, that's great. I don't know what my sound is doing. Um, is perfect.
0: Okay, there we go. Uh, but yeah, we worked on, we, we split up the chapters based on our own passions and, and things yeah. that we knew a little bit more about than the other person. And we wrote uh, half of the book each and and spent about a year and a half on on the project as a whole. And it was I mean, definitely not easy, but the Holy Spirit guided everything. I mean, I think we can both attest to, we would write things into the book onto the page and and it definitely was not coming from our own minds it was very holy spirit driven so it was just a really it was really a blessing to be god's vessel and and getting this message out to the world that's what i like to tell people
1: well what a wonderful example of leadership in action for for you to to having that gift as a writer and christopher i can't imagine how how much of a blessing that was to you somebody that had the vision had the passion for it and then to to align yourself with somebody who's come through the course who and who has got his gifted as a writer and then coming together, that must have been a real blessing for you. And what a great example of seeing somebody's gifts and pulling it into a bigger.
2: Absolutely. Club. It was a gift. It was a gift, uh, like you say, Ron, because Erin um, had been helping us writing. Actually, she was the editor of our blog, of the TLI blog, uh, for some time. And I just kept really enjoying the pieces she was writing and I remember this one piece on on sanctifying work, I think, uh, that she wrote that I just, when I read it, I I don't think I've told you this, Erin, but I think I think it was when I read that piece, when I went, gosh, Erin does get exactly what we're trying to do here. So mm-hmm. I immediately clicked on my mind and, I, and I, I thought, no, I should invite her, I should ask her to help me because I was not advancing the book. Uh, as I as I wanted to, you know, yes. we have a, a mission at TLI that I, I feel is very urgent, and we mm. needed this book. We needed to have a book. Uh, so it's a tremendous blessing that Erin, and then Erin came into the project and she brought in all of these different ideas and perspectives and approaches uh, and style into the writing that I was not anticipating that only enhanced the book.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> awesome. So isn't that fun to hear that, Aaron?
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> isn't it fun very, to, very
1: to fun. Again and be reminded <laughs> yes. of that process? And, and I can see mm-hmm. that passion and that respect for you have for each other. Christopher, you talked about the whole idea of there's, we have an urgent mission. What's the urgent mission?
2: Well, it's very simple. I always answer to that question the same way. Uh, just look at the world. Look out from your window, from your digital window and look into the world, look out to the world, we are convinced that at the root of many of the problems that we see in society today, Ron, is the lack of principled, ethical, virtuous leadership. Right? And and this is why we have taken on a, as our mission to, to invest in tomorrow's leaders, tomorrow's Catholic leaders. And as we probably will explain better later, but not for the parish. Tomorrow's Catholic, yes. lay Catholic leaders for civil society.
1: Well, I, from my understanding, the whole purpose of a parish is to mobilize people to be in the world and, and transform it. And so we, we need leadership in both. If we have great parishes, but nobody's leaving to do anything significant, what difference does it make? You know, mm-hmm. we just got a bunch of smart people theological people it's like well if that's not mobilized for mission and where's our mission field the entire world i just love that and so i love your specific focus in terms of civil society and leadership because it's so important and, and i don't know i know in canada it is taboo man to bring any religion into anything Uh, our deacon gave uh, a homily this weekend and he's a he's a financial planner by trade and his boss would come into work and 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 started he had this the crucifix up in his office forever and new boss you know you got to remove that crucifix and so he just ignored her and next year come around for the annual review and you got to remove that crucifix he'd ignored her and third time she came in she said you have to remove that crucifix. He said, the day you make me take that down is the day that you have to fire me. And so she did. And so he had to go find new work, but it just seems like that's a struggle for a lot of people is to understand, particularly in Canada, we're we're, we're an interesting breed and And we've really done our best to pull god out of and religion out of everything, so what's your message to people like that who are confused and uncertain where and how to exert leadership and it doesn't yeah, what are your
2: thoughts so wrong leadership is not really an optional prerogative for us as lay as lay people it it's our duty it's our duty to lead as baptized. Uh, God has made it very clear through through our pastors, through the documents of the Second Vatican Council, which some people may or may not be familiar with, um, really provided for us, for the laity, our marching orders, right? If, if not us, then who is going to be the light of the world? Because our pastors, our bishops, the Pope, they cannot insert themselves into the fabric of society as to transform it from within. Like we can, we can run for office. We can sit on boards, right? We can get involved in philanthropy and support important causes. We can do, do those things. We should do those things. Mm, love that we have, I was just down in the U S um, not
1: that long ago, and good friends of mine, he owns a company in architecture. And you know, it builds on big projects, and and sometimes those projects, politicians are expecting kickbacks, and all of a sudden there's things going on that are underhanded, and they have to, decisions to make. You know, is that the way we do business? As a Catholic, to to continue this system that is borderlining corruption, and, and feed these people mm-hmm. are going to build their bank accounts. I mean, people are faced with moral dilemmas and decisions in the world of business all the time, aren't they? What are your thoughts, Aaron, as you think about that, those issues and, and oh. situations people face?
0: Yeah, I mean, first of all, I I feel extremely blessed that I haven't had to be in situations like that, for the most part. I guess I should take that back. There's been a few. I think it's, it's, it's very difficult. It's very difficult. I think that's the first thing. We need to recognize is that it is not easy to be a Catholic. It's not easy to be a, a Christian. Any anyone who believes in God these days, it's just not easy for us. Um, to your to the point of your story that you just shared about that deacon's experience in his workplace, and and to many other points. I mean, this this moral dilemma example that you've just given us as well. It's very tricky, and I think that my best advice or my best kind of like, from experience, I can say is, you know, as Catholics, we have a plethora of knowledge at our fingertips that we, most of the time we don't tap into. And that's the Catholic church. Um, I think that we're very quick to rush to Google or whatever search engine you use and typing in our questions and finding the secular answers. And that's, you know, that's just how we've unfortunately our brains are kind of wired now to do and, and we need to really work hard to turn that turn those tables and, and kind of rewire our brains to say no when i'm faced with something like this a moral dilemma i'm going to first go to the church so i'm going to visit the bible the catechism the church documents etc and find out what the church has to say and if there are things that you know, we are faced with that could have repercussions on our soul, then we have to say no. (laughs) Um, and it it can get very tricky. I mean, it's like, okay, well, you know, the percentage that I'm involved with this thing, like it, it can just be very difficult. So I think we really need to go to the church and we need to go to our, our, our faithful Catholic mentors, whether that's our priest, whether that's our deacon, whether that's just a very faithful Catholic who is devout and who believes in all the church's teachings who can advise us. I think we need to seek out those relationships a lot more than we do as well. So those would kind of be my best <laughs> advice um and examples and and we just can't be afraid to speak up either i mean i work for a catholic organization and um it's wonderful and i absolutely love it but we work a, a catholic organization that's rooted in the catholic faith but we operate very secularly because we're serving the homeless and the working poor in our state which is fine we we have to accept everyone we have to you know a staff volunteers and guests they can be of any faith they can be of any gender whatever they can be any person and that's fine that's what we're called to as Catholics but the way that we operate needs to needs to be Catholic centered and there have been certain situations over the time I've been there where I've had to speak up and say you know what this actually is not in line with our faith and and so we have to not be afraid to speak up I think so. It goes hand in hand. It's we, um, you know, we first go to the church's teachings, or and or our our faithful Catholic mentors, and then after that, we have to speak up and say, "No, this is wrong."
1: Love that. So to be formed, to be formed well, in and rooted in the very faith that we've been baptized into. (laughs) <laughs> to take that seriously, to do the research, to be intentional about finding mentors and then yes. having the courage to do what we're called to do, even when it's not comfortable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is scary. Christopher, yes. when you put this course together, what what are some of your hopes? And for our listeners, too, we're going to give you a chance to connect with their website and their materials. We're going to encourage you to, to pick up this book. It's so helpful. It really does unpack some of the documents of the church. So they're not just pulling this out of the air. They're pulling this out of rich yeah, Catholic teaching. And so thank you for, for making the time to do that. But when, when it comes to the course, how did you design it, and, and what are you hoping to bring to life? I, I'm assuming part of it is the knowledge that, that Aaron talked about, but what else?
2: Absolutely. So um, we definitely borrowed the template, only the template, from the secular world, and then we, we made a Catholic, right? So the idea was to um, – a program that's comprised of 18 sessions, 18 weekly sessions. Each session was going to focus on one area of human activity or secular life. Some of those are education, healthcare, business, government, news media, philanthropy, board service. Mm -hmm. And and the idea was that though we were gonna be talking and focusing on areas of human activity and secular life, we were always gonna approach them from the lens of the church, drawing from the magisterium, from the teachings of the church. So we created a curriculum where we were giving participants a a handout, a, a light reading hand, well, sometimes not so light uh, reading handout to prepare themselves prior to each session. These were typically encyclicals, uh, writings of the, of the popes. As you know, the Catholic Church has reading about everything, right? So if you wanna talk about education, Catholic social doctrine has something to say about that. If you wanna talk about business or government or, or healthcare The Catholic, the teaching of the Catholic Church has something to say. So, drawing from that and selecting experts, seasoned Catholic professionals, leaders, experts in their field that really were prepared to uh, convey that experience and the wealth of information, that's how we put the curriculum together. It was also important to make part of the program a retreat experience so to incorporate a retreat experience into the program. And and so the virtuous leadership retreat, as we call it, is the highlight of the program. And this is an all day retreat in which we go deep into what it means to be a virtuous leader. Mm. And, and the last thing, the last thing I'll say, the curriculum was not designed by myself, as I often try to do run, I surround myself with people who are smarter than me. And so I got a couple of priests and people who were were who way, way more capable than me to have a lot of feedback. And and I was just sort of the connector, the one that connected the pieces.
1: Yes. Well, that's a great leadership principle in and of itself, isn't it? So good for you to have the humility to do that. And to so that because that allows things to be the best they can possibly be. I love that. Aaron. what was it like for you? Because I know that you mentioned that you're a graduate from that experience. What made you decide to sign up? And what was your experience like?
0: Yeah, I I was part of the second cohort, actually. So when it was presented to me, it was like, hey, there's this new leadership program within the diocese. You should check it out. And it came from... um, someone at my workplace and I was like okay yeah I would I'm very interested in forming myself as a Catholic leader I had just moved back from being a missionary for a couple years I was just starting out my new position in Arizona and I was like yeah like I'd love to get reconnected to the Catholic community here and and grow in leadership obviously and so it was actually a no-brainer for me I I I wanted to apply i wanted to interview and i really wanted to try to to be part of the program so and i think the draw too for people is it's it's it is for anyone in in the church but there's this specific pull for young young catholic professionals um we you know as young professionals there's you know there there is the organization called young catholic professionals but you know for us as as young leaders in society, there's not a whole lot for us to form ourselves um, besides the secular options, as Christopher mentioned. So I think for Catholics, um, this is a big draw because we we need Tepeyac Leadership Initiative and the content that it provides. Um, much like this book, you know, we, we need... We need things like this. And there's been, I think, you know, thank God that he placed this on Christopher's heart and mind because we need people like Christopher to really bring these things to light and and really push for them because, you know, I just think about the generations that are to come for this world and if we aren't providing them with i mean especially now being a new mom i'm like thinking about all these things for our future because we Mm -hmm. we really need to give catholics all of the resources that they need i mean obviously the church has everything like i said but we need to find ways to implement what the church has given us and form it into a way that we can receive and then go out and use which is exactly what tepyak leadership initiative is so i'm a big fan
1: <laughs> <laughs> i'm all in i'll put my stamp on there.
0: <laughs> pretty it, much <laughs> it's such a like
1: i think of like so many of the people that i've had on the podcast previously like there's one lady who's starting a the Catholic version of MIT. Like She just wants a STEM university that's totally Catholic, and she is going way beyond. And why is she doing it? Because she lost her faith in university. So many people yeah. I've interviewed. University is where your faith goes to die. And so it's terrifying when you're seeing you know, these young people... Uh, you know, I know I send my kids off to universities, both of them. One's called St. Mary's University. You think that used to be Catholic? Yep. Uh, and, and Mount St. Vincent University, do you think that used to be Catholic? Yep. Do you think they are now? Nope. And so, you know, their faith is if, if it survives, which, by the way, so far it is, uh, it's going. To, it's not going to be because of any help of the university, uh, they've completely gotten out and away from forming faith as a part of forming this education piece, which is terrifying. But what what I'm hearing you say, Aaron, and what I'm picking up on—I hope our listeners are, because I can get so excited about it—is what a great place to then continue to be formed <laughs> and, and reconnected in powerful ways as you go out into the world to make a
2: difference, eh? Like so cool. Mm-hmm. When, yes. you, when you mentioned, Ron, the, what's happening to universities, unfortunately, this is not only the case with some universities in Canada, but also in the United States, some supposedly Catholic universities. Um, gosh, what we're facing, and this is one of the concepts that we touch on the book, is the de-Christianization of Western society, right? and And it gets worse and worse. So in the book, we have a... A, a tough language to refer to, to help the reader understand that we do not need to fear the crumbling of Christian civilization because, because it has already fallen. We're standing on the ruins. So we need to accept the reality that we're standing on the ruins and move forward, build from that. So we, we extend an invitation to re-Christianize the world, right? To bring back Christendom. Yes, why not? bring back Christendom, right? So infuse society and its institutions with the values of the gospel. To, to, To me, that's exactly what that woman, that lady that you mentioned, creating this new university that wants to be the Catholic MIT. That's exactly what it is about. That's only the field of education. There are so many other fields in which we can replicate exactly that type of work. Yes, that is,
1: yeah, absolutely. And when you look at that, What are you, like how many, how many, so you guys have been doing this for five years now, haven't you?
2: We've graduated five generations of Tepeyac Leadership Initiative.
1: That's beautiful. What is some of the, what are you seeing as people come out of, finish this season of formation? What are you seeing in their lives? What are they testifying to in terms of the impact this is having on the way they approach what they do?
2: So for us, the big um, item, the big piece is probably board service. We really emphasize the importance of serving on board, um, all types of boards, for-profit, nonprofit, private, uh, government boards, religious, faith-based, non-faith-based, board of directors, advisory boards, fundraising boards. Uh, but it doesn't stop there. We talk about cabinets, we talk about, uh, your local Rotary or Lions Club, your parent teacher association, your homeowners association, any civic association. Ultimately it's about having more faithful Catholics sitting around the tables where decisions are made, those decisions that impact the culture. So mm-hmm. the fruit that we see, Ron, is that most of our graduates, 90% of our graduates, are serving on boards in some type of board capacity, some of them in multiple boards as a result of going through TLI. many of them had never served on the board before. And some of them in at least one board, we tell everybody, you gotta at least do some board service. This is important. So everybody understands that. There's more. Uh, Some of our graduates start new initiatives. They come out of the the program. Everybody graduates with their individual leadership commitment. Something that they have discerned is very unique, specific to themselves, that they felt prompted to doing, getting started. Mm -hmm. Um, and we have a few people who have um, felt a calling for public office and are preparing themselves to run for office. And um, we actually have a couple who are running for office. So this is exactly the type of fruit that we were hoping for. And we're beginning to see. And we know that it's just the beginning because a five-year-old Catholic organization, it's in its infancy. We are baby organizations so we pray that the fruit will continue to come as years go by oh thank you
1: for what you're doing that's such important work like not only are you forming these people in terms of the thinking and the teaching to form their minds but then challenging them to get involved at a level where what they're learning is actually going to make a significant difference yeah and sitting on boards too you know let me ask you something what I know anyone can participate in this, or at least that was my what I thought I heard, was that, that it's open to any Catholic that might want to get involved. But if there was a target market, what would it be for you guys? Aaron, you mentioned young, young Catholic professionals. But if you were to pick a, ta, you know, a group of people you, you felt was the perfect target market, what would you say, Christopher?
2: So... Um really, we say that TLI, and and it's the same for the book, is for Catholic professionals. So the professional, the career path is an important piece, right? We want people to, who yeah. have gone through college or have taken on some type of career path. Uh, Catholic professionals in the early to meet stages of their career. So early on their career, because this is when we feel we can have the most impact on them in their lives. They're, more, they're most impressionable <laughs> so we can have the most impact on them and hopefully invest on them so that they have still many more years uh, to serve their communities, right? Yeah. However, the book and, and the program are open to all. Love it. Okay. Yeah, I, to, I get that. I,
1: that. That makes a lot of sense to me. And so how can, as I'm listening to you, I think to myself, Oh my gosh! We need one of these in every diocese. You know, we need a, we need this in every diocese. Well, how are you seeing as, like you say, a baby organization five years? It, it, you know, where are you seeing opportunity? Where are you seeing growth?
2: So um, we are in every diocese, Ron, because the program is delivered virtually. Yes, so the sessions are virtual and they're live. Nothing's pre-recorded. It's a very dynamic, engaging experience. However, we need to—we still need to do a lot of work in increasing the awareness of the program so people apply yes. and participate. So the opportunity is globally. We realized a couple of years ago, uh, COVID was what prompted it, but COVID is behind us, and we realize now that we are serving the world. We're serving, serving the universal church. And it's so exciting because we're both forming the next generation of lay Catholic leaders and building a global network of faithful and committed Catholic leaders.
1: Well, you are on a podcast that has global reach, so I'm really excited to hear that. And I I especially want to talk to pastors, if you're listening, like, my goodness, if you have people that are going to university or just finished university uh, and or young professionals, I guarantee you they would not have been formed like this at the university. And you probably, as a pastor, don't have time to form people specifically like this. But Christopher and his team do. And so why not be very intentional with, within your young adult program if you have one or just look at the young adults and say, I'd love you to give this a try because it sounds like it could have a huge, a, a positive impact in your com- local communities, but also in their development in the terms of their commitment to the Catholic faith. Like I, I can't imagine you wouldn't be formed like this and it not have an impact on on going to church every sunday on how you want to raise your family uh, you know on how you're going to spend your time and where you're going to invest i just again just an encouragement to all the pastors or bishops out there like this if you don't have something like this in your area and i'm guessing you don't but to christopher's point thank goodness for zoom and and Covid gave us all a kickstart in our boot camp and Zoom, and so we have these opportunities. And so I just, I just find it so exciting. I don't know when this is going to air specifically, but when do, you, when do, how do people get involved? When do they sign up? What does that look like?
2: So I'll let Aaron talk about the book itself. I'll focus on the program. Uh, okay, hopefully, hopefully, I, I really pray this can air sometime before or at least during the enrollment <laughs> period, which is when we take applications for Tepeyac Leadership Initiative, October 1st to November 10th, okay. every year. That's the window to apply. People simply go to the website, which is tliprogram.org, tliprogram.org. That's where you apply, October 1st to November 10th. And, um, and that's it. There's an admissions process. It's a fun ride. Uh, and, and But for those who are admitted into the program, they will experience TLI from February to June of 2023.
1: Awesome, what a great way to spend your Canadian winter. Uh, you're going to be inside anyway after you're done shoveling you might as well be growing as a leader that is so cool and Aaron what are you seeing with the book because again anytime a book comes together I find it so exciting because it really changes some conversations that are happening and and I find this book (laughs) I find it so exciting because I'm learning a bunch of things I'll admit you take it for granted you know the church's writings are there but you don't dive into them to the degree to which they were intended and I found the book so a so enlightening in terms of teaching and inspiration where are you seeing the book being uh, growing in terms of its use and, and 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 being picked up
0: yeah it's really it is very exciting and i'm so grateful that this book exists because i the response has been incredible and you know christopher and i really we try to be humble about you know this is not our work it's the holy spirits and it's god's and we he just used us as the vessels to get this important message out. So, you know, it's been, it's been amazing. And I, I, it's been really humbling, continuously humbling because we'll have people reach out to us or post about the book or whatever, who we, we never even met. We, we, they're a complete stranger to us. And they're like, Oh, I read your book and it's amazing. And here's what I learned. And it's really, I mean, it's been cool. And we don't even know, the reach that this book has quite honestly and it's 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 pretty incredible if, if if you think about it and so we can i can think of several times where someone has actually reviewed our book on their own website or their own blog and and we didn't even know that that was happening and they just post and they tag us and they show the book and and you know it's like wow like thank you and and thank you for for sharing how it inspired you because we won't know otherwise, unless you personally reach out to us. And it's been, it's been just so incredible and so humbling. And I think the reach is much wider than Christopher and I could ever imagine. And I think we're going to see the tangible fruits of it. We we, I, we probably already are. I am trying to think of all the ways that I'm sure Christopher, <laughs> you, you might have some examples. My brain's not working fully right now, but I mean, it's, it's really been, it's been amazing to hear just even some people's words you know like you just said ron you know i know the catholic church but like it it was a reminder to me or it re-inspired me to to you know do the x y and z or i learned x y and z i can't tell you the amount of times i've heard that sentence and um it's really it's honestly it's a tool as well you know now every time i meet someone new um, one of the first things that i'm able to share with them or that the person who's introducing me to this new person is able to share is that oh yeah aaron has written a book it's called catholic leadership for civil society and then it's an easy conversation they ask more about it we get to text them the link very quickly so they can get their copy it's just it's been not only something that has um you know started amazing conversations online, but it's actually started amazing conversations in person and our encounters and interactions with people. I, at least I'm speaking for myself, but I, you know, it's, it really is. It's, it's starting, it's starting conversations that need to be started. Obviously, I mean, this is living proof of that right here, this podcast, but, um, which is why we're so grateful for, for this opportunity and and all the opportunities we've had to just talk with people about it. And I think the reach is, has been large already. And I think we're only getting started if, if, If God has anything to say about it, which I know He does. So,
1: (laughs) (laughs) well, it really is, as Christopher, you mentioned at the beginning, it's a conversation that's not really being had as much as it could be. And I think, I personally think, lay Catholics are really, really hungry for this very thing. I think this is going to serve an appetite that's out there. Let me ask you is there is there i love influencing people like i it's my passion i and so book studies i find a really cool way because it's one thing for me to read the book it's another thing for me to read the book with some friends and then talk about the book together to me that's so engaging i'm an extrovert so that that makes me really really happy and so if you thought about a group of people that you thought hey you know what if a, this group of people got this book and talked about it, I bet you would have a huge impact. What group would it come to mind right away? I'm going to ask you both the same question. So if there was a group of people that you thought might want to get this book, read it with their, their comrades, people they work with, that you thought was going to make a big difference, what would you say? Chris, let's go first
2: so I would say business students people that are graduating not necessarily from an MBA a bachelor's in business uh, because there's such a wide uh, range of career paths that they can go into as as managers or leaders and the book will definitely help them bring their faith right in the middle of it um, gosh but that's just the beginning I, I could give you a list but I, right now I will say I would say business students.
1: Well, I'm glad you said that because my son's in his last year of business at Dallas. So Christian, if you're listening, make sure that you take Christopher up on his challenge there. Erin, what would you say?
0: <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, my answer is going to be a little bit different than Christopher's. Just I'm a new mom and my mind automatically goes to to women and to mom's groups and to maybe perhaps women's Bible studies, any Bible study really, but um, or book clubs that already exist i mean really the sky's the limit with this book but i i've been trying to share that you know yes this book to christopher's point is for people in the workplace who physically go to an office or have a remote office who are in a career path who need to influence their secular workspace or whatever that is Um, but it is for everyone in the church it's for all laity so i really have a passion for speaking about you know it's for stay at home moms too. It's for, it's for anyone who has a job or has a large role. Raising children is no joke. Um, So they can influence their family in the, in their domestic church. And that can have amazing effects that we may or may not ever see if our children are being infused with the truth of these things too so i would say that it can be for for moms groups um bible studies book clubs i mean we it's for the workplace and for the home because really the two intertwine um so i would say that would be my answer but i you know i I, I think it has a lot of possibility (laughs)
1: <laughs> Love that. I'm going to give my answer too, if I could, because I, again, I think it's exciting. And I, I think about how difficult politics is as well. And so if you're somebody in a political party, what no matter where you're at in that structure or that system, get this book, Catholic Leadership for Civil Society, gather around, have the conversation, whether people are Catholic or not read it together and have a conversation because your influence matters disproportionately. And so I think that's so fun. Whoever you are who picks up this book, if you get a group of people together, I would love you to email us connect with at Ron Huntley.com. Let me know what you've done and the impact it's had. And I'll pass it on to Christopher and Aaron, or you uh, connect with them directly uh, on their stuff. We're going to add their social media um, Handles to this uh, to this podcast, as well as the website, so that you can register for the course, uh, as well as the link, so that you can buy the book on Amazon. But this is a really really important conversation with a group of people that I don't know how many how many lay Catholics in the world. I think there's a few more. Than you think like there's just billions. <laughs> and so, so let's get, uh, let's get this book, have a conversation and continue to make a difference as we wrap up. Um, Aaron, what, what's your hope for people and leaders as uh, kind of a final remark?
0: Oh, wow. Um, my hope is that leaders will really take seriously this concept of servant leadership that I think we been talking about throughout this whole podcast and that our book really hones in on. Um, my hope is that servant leadership can become the default in our society. I think we have a lot of leaders who are in it for the wrong reasons, and that doesn't really even make them leaders, to be honest. Um, and I I just my hope is that servant leadership can become more, much more common um, because I think our society will be better for it. And of course, I think, think the things like we talked about today, like our book and, and Tepeyac Leadership Initiative can certainly help with that. But yeah, my hope is that servant leadership and, and Catholic leadership for civil society will just become the default.
1: Mm, that's a beautiful vision. Christopher, how about you as we wrap up? What are your final thoughts?
2: So I would hope people will understand. I mean, finally see that there might have been another era, another time when lay Catholics really could maybe lay back a little bit because the church and Christianity already influenced, uh, exerted such influence in society that things were generally going in a good direction. That time is long gone. <laughs> I want lay Catholics to understand that. That time is long gone and it is our duty to lead. If we are baptized, if we're children of God, we must lead.
1: Amen. What a great place to finish. It's been a treat getting to know you guys, to hear your passion, to see how that's come to life through the Leadership Institute and through the book. Thank you for what you guys continue to do. I'll be praying for you guys and your growing influence. God bless you both.
0: Thank you, Ron. Thank you, Ron. I want to
1: encourage you as you lead this week, be faithful to God and generous to others. See you next time, and remember if you're still breathing, you.